Hey, Troy. Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, thanks good. for taking the time today. Of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, I, at first I reached out. I just wanted to have a conversation with you. I saw that you were really early investing in uh, Tesla. And then in one of the comments, I saw that you were early in Bitcoin as well. And I just wanted to hear uh, a little bit of a story behind that. And then I figured, you know what, some people might be interested in listening, so we might as well record it as well. Yeah, sure. Happy to. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've been in, it's funny, like I make some interesting investments like, as far as like uh, stocks or crypto, whatever it may be. Um, I subscribe to <laughs> go with the guts uh, philosophy, uh, which I know isn't always the best. Um, but I, uh, I stick to really what I know and I go for my gut. So like, like Tesla, I've no, I've, I've read Elon's biography many times. I know his background. I really believe in him as an individual of how, what, how driven he is and what he can actually do. Um, and then the companies he was creating, like outside of just Tesla, like I'm a big, I'm a big fan of SpaceX as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all the companies that he's creating and uh, how he's effectively reinventing these these industries from the ground up. And it's something I've always respected. So it's something that I, I really strongly believe that there's a future here. Um, so Tesla, like I, that one in particular, I just, I love the fact he's making this battery company is trying to flipping the auto, bank, like the auto industry on its head a bit, um, going like full on electric. And it's funny, like I was so, like, so passionate about it that I actually convinced my parents to invest as well unfortunately they panicked and sold at 120 <laughs> but uh at least they made some money but they did buy at the same time as me around 60 dollars so and uh so that was an easy decision for me to get us in that same thing with like facebook as i like currently own a marketing agency have always grown brands from on social media so facebook there's no close competitor really to facebook from a data and ad platform perspective so that seemed like a no-brainer as well. So I was an early investor in Facebook when it IPO'd. Um, same with Shopify, like another like a stock that I've been very bullish on. Solely for the fact that we all of our clients use it. I've been in e doing e-commerce for a while now, and there's just no close competitor that really makes what that makes. So that's kind of like a theme was like for my investing, like like pieces, just like stick to what you know and what you think has a good effectively like a moat around the industry that no one else can come close to and that have good growth potential. Um, I also, I do invest in some companies that just, I just personally really am fans of them. I don't really, I don't really know why I do this. I invest in like Twitter. I never thought I'd be rich off Twitter stock. I just personally love the platform. So I just wanted, that's my own version of kind of supporting the platform, um, is buying stock. But I never thought I'd make money on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, like crypto is interesting because when I first heard about crypto, like Bitcoin in like 2011, uh, I heard about all these stories about how, like I have friends that had, that like they're from uh, Europe that had money in accounts that literally were taken by the government um, in Cyprus and other countries. And to me, that was kind of scary that if the government can come in and just kind of take your money out of nowhere and there must be a more secure way than holding cash under your mattress, whatever some people do. Right. Um, at the same time, I was being approached by uh, companies that were looking to send money internationally to people. Like if you're earning money in America, you want to send money back to your home country. Um, there's like Western Union, there's some other alternatives. So Bitcoin all came at the same time. And it was like very serendipitous that I was hearing all this. And the fact to owning your owning your money without having to do like cash and uh, being able to send money internationally with ease, uh, it became pretty compelling. 
and uh, the time Bitcoin was about thirty dollars, and I uh, I figured why not? It's play low risk. Uh, most people don't realize buying Bitcoin at the time isn't as easy as it is now. Uh, you can't just go on Coinbase and you know add your bank account or a credit card potentially and charge it. I was literally had to take money from the ATM or the bank, go to CVS, the Western Union, send cash to Japan to a company called MTGOX, and cross my fingers that it got there. <laughs> and that's how I used to buy Bitcoin. And what other people don't realize is so MTGOX was the biggest crypto exchange uh, until it was shut down. Um, but MTGOX stands for Magic the Gathering Online Exchange, which is a card game. And that's where the platform started as is selling those car- the cards for Magic the Gathering um, that eventually became a multi-billion dollar crypto exchange, which is just wild to think about. Um, so I was buying it back in the early days and I was just holding on to it. Um, I didn't, I saw it started to go up. It was, I day traded a little bit back then just cause it was interesting. Cause it was very predictable. I know like at every, uh, every afternoon it would dip and by five o'clock it would come back and go higher. It just, it was very predictable back in mm. 2012. Um, so, but I never really sold the fake sake of selling. I just did day trading to get more every now and then. Um, but and then it just dropped. And then, of course, it dropped, but I never really sold after that. I've had experiences losing Bitcoin where I raced it off of uh, 100, I raced 100 Bitcoin off my computer once. That was painful, especially when it hit 20,000, thinking about that. Um, yeah, but I was going to say that that's worth uh, about a million today. That, that's not a great feeling, probably. No, sir. Um, was not great. Uh, my ex's uh, dad needed a new computer. I didn't think much of it. I had an iMac laying around, so I just cleared it off forgetting I had a hundred Bitcoin on it. But yeah, no, I had for a while, I had like a bunch of Bitcoin spread across different computers and, uh, and flash drives. So I didn't really think much of it. Um, that consolidated of course, after, after all that, but it's, uh, it's been interesting to see where that goes. I still haven't sold kind of waiting out to see what happens. Um, it's been on a nice ride recently, but who knows where it's going to go no immediate rush to sell. I still think it has a lot of potential. And I think that the, the ease of buying and trading is just getting better and better year over year. So as more people enter the market and are more familiar with, with crypto in general, I think it will help rise uh, the prices. Um, so I'm pretty bullish there still. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my high level investing on these stocks and what I've done. Um, I've also done like random stocks here and there, like uh, LAKE, uh, which is uh, uh, Hazmat Suit Company, APT, and all these interesting companies that I made money from during uh, when there was an Ebola scare a few years ago. I noticed these stocks started shooting up, so I invested in them and made some money there. And early days of when COVID was hitting America, I all like it reminded me of the Ebola scare back, what is it, five, six years ago. And uh, I just bought the same stocks and the same stocks went from $5 to 22 plus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super interesting. I have a lot to, uh, to dig in based on all of that. I didn't expect such a, uh, a fulsome thesis across the board. And I know it's not, you know, maybe a, like a professional investor take, but frankly, I, I really prefer. I'm very far from it. <laughs> yeah, I prefer the, the types of rationales that you just gave though. And, and I've been doing the same, I think you know, the Warren Buffett strategy obviously has worked extremely well for him and has worked for anyone who's done anything like him for the last hundred years. But 
Um, I don't know. I tend to believe that, you know, times always seem different than they were in the past, but I tend to think that now they truly are, you know, accelerating very quickly and the things that worked in the last 20 years might not work in the next 20. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the things you mentioned, like betting on leaders that you believe in, um, just looking for small trends and not focusing on, you know, diversifying as much as you can in the market, but picking the things that you know uh, and investing, like you mentioned, Facebook and Shopify, you're working in and around them all day, every day. Uh, chances are you, you understand them better than, you know, the random guy on the street who's reading their research reports as well as 25 others every day. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely a lot to be taken from all that. Uh, and, yeah, and I, I, mean, I sympathize. It's also the brand, overall, like being in the space, I can understand like uh, the, the brand sentiment between these, like between like, I know Facebook had like obviously a lot of I guess, negative sentiment lately, but but weighing that sentiment like that these uh, the investors are making versus what I've seen actually in the technology side and like the moat they have around and how people really can't compete with them. Um, sorry, I mean to cut you off, but that's kind no, of no. the other, other part to it as well. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. And I was just going to say, I sympathize with uh, convincing your parents when you truly believe in an investment. I just got my dad to invest in Bitcoin uh, earlier this year. So, uh, it's, so far it's, it's paying off a little bit, but I think like you, uh, we've got a ways to go there. Man, I mean, when I was, I don't know, I, had, when I was in middle school maybe or high school, I remember, but Google was IPOing. And I remember I literally told my parents, whatever you have saved for me for college, put into the Google IPO, please. <laughs> and they wouldn't listen, of course. But that would have been, uh, after, that, after that I told you so moment is when I, I kind of used that to get them to buy into Tesla for themselves. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm happy that you got your parents to buy in, <laughs> especially something that you really passionate and really believe in. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, with, with like the Google story you just told, uh, it pays off in ways you wouldn't know. And then you got them in on Tesla and maybe Bitcoin and it'll pay off tenfold. Uh, for me, that was Tesla, I bought, I bought pretty early, not, not quite as early as you, but I was kind of trading it for years and then uh, was holding on to conviction and it kind of floated between 180 and low 200s and it, it might have escaped that range a little bit, but ended up in that range for the better part of like six or seven years, surprisingly. And um, so just about a year ago, I bought it when it was down. I think the lowest it went was like 180. I bought a bunch at low 200s uh, and I was a little bit down on my position so I wanted to like break even and you know sell take some of the load off once I broke even and then hold some long term uh mm-hmm. but I just didn't have the stones when it went up you know it went up to like 350 overnight and I made 50 percent and I quit my job at the time so uh sold a lot of it off and definitely kicked myself in the butt but now I'm yeah, you taking made, that you made money yeah and I'm taking that and, and I'm saying now now we got a whole bitcoin we can't make the same mistake twice Exactly. I mean, there's a, I mean, I have, my friends make fun of me that like I have good picks and I don't sell quick enough. Um, so, I mean, they were giving me crap for a while with Netflix. I bought Netflix before it split um, years ago uh, and I'm still holding it and they keep telling me to sell it, but I think it still has a ways to go. Um, Snapchat is one that everyone makes fun of me for is because I invested before on Facebook when they said they're doing a, investing a billion dollars in R&D. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, it's a growing platform as good Gen Z component to it. I think it could do well. And then it turns out they invested a billion dollars into their camera or their, their lenses, which was a big flop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably wasn't the best buy, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you never know, but I just, I don't, I'm not the best at picking one to sell. I just know I'm 
I can be pretty decent at picking the right stocks, just not when to sell them. Yeah, and if you know when to buy, it's it's less of a problem. So uh, it sounds True. like you've done pretty well overall. I guess one question to ask would be, you know, I found Bitcoin like, you know, for some people, it's still considered early in terms of, you know, the scale that it has potential for. Uh, Tesla is obviously not early anymore, but you could have considered it so just a year ago when it was six or seven times less the price of what it is today. Uh, but you're finding these things extremely early, Bitcoin at $30, Tesla at $60. What do you think? I mean, there's one thing to be said for the identification of these things once you see them and try to understand them. And you read the, the Elon Musk book, so uh, you might have had an eye on that. But do you think there's anything that you do like or your way of life that leads to the discovery of these things or it's all just somewhat serendipitous? I mean, I'm not a financial advisor, not no degree in uh, in finance at all. So it's again just going off gut. Yeah, um, all the necessary disclaimers. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't really invest. Like a lot of people, like they'll see like, oh my god, Apple's like the new iPhones coming out. Apple Musk is going to take off, or uh, everyone's talking about Zoom right now. I got to invest. Like I don't. I try not to give into the hype. I try to just to look into stocks that I really understand the business behind them that I can actually understand. Like if I think there has a good trajectory and forward growth, like I invested in like Uber is a stock that I bought into um, pretty break even on it now, but I think it has good long-term potential. Um, I like their acquisition of Postmates, you know, I obviously bought stock before that, but I bought like, I like their acquisition of Postmates. I like the direction they're going in. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously COVID put a damper into a lot of things they're doing and the usage of Uber in general outside of Uber Eats. But uh, so like, that's a company that like, I think I look at long term. And that's I try to stick to companies that I really understand. I don't try to buy companies like, uh, like mining companies that sure they make a lot of money, but I have no idea what factors would go into them going under or the value of the whatever they're mining, uh, losing value. So like, I don't try to follow those kind of trends or anything that outside of my wheelhouse. So like, I couldn't, like, like I said, a lot of the stuff I do is on gut feeling and I don't feel like I can get a confident gut feeling or sentiment around an industry I don't understand. Right. When, when you think of Uber, just out of curiosity, because I actually, um, I've never invested. I thought about investing, but I actually thought about it a lot as a company when investing in Tesla about a year ago, because at the time it was valued. I don't remember exactly what the comparison was, but I think it, w- it might've been twice as much as Tesla in terms of its market cap at that time. And I was thinking, you know, I personally think Uber, they're doing a lot better than Lyft in that they're converting to this food delivery business, especially with COVID, like who knows how long it's going to take to come out of all this. Uh, and the food delivery certainly seems like it'll just continue to grow. Um, what I'm concerned with with Uber is the autonomous driving transition. And, and some people think that's still a long ways out. I tend to believe... Uh, with regulation being the biggest asterisk that the technology will be here in large part sooner than most people think. Um, and I, I don't see Uber winning that battle. So that's why I'm not in that. Uh, and, and then I thought about Tesla where Elon Musk, you know, he tends to be optimistic uh, with his deadlines, but he's been saying for a couple of years now that this autonomous robo fleet of Teslas where people can turn on their cars to basically go out and serve as an Uber um, you know, hypothetically almost 24 seven when charging needs on top of that. Uh, I looked at that and I was like, all right, you know, set a probability on this actually happening 
not next year, but in the next three years or something like that. And then you look at a company like Uber, which this would theoretically pretty much wash out overnight um, from my view, if the cars are safer and everything like that. That was part of my thesis. You know, I had a, a lot of different things that, that I was focused on with Tesla uh, and, and ultimately just going with my gut, like, like you said. But has that been something that's entered your mind at all in terms of like the autonomous transition? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really fair point. Um, and I do think it's uh, it's further away than uh, kind of Tesla like and Uber kind of alleging to be. Um, like driverless technology is getting really great, obviously. Like Tesla has in the cars, like a lot of BMW, a lot of other cars are starting to add it in. It's becoming more the norm. Um, it's still not legal on a, at a lot of state levels. So I think like regulation is going to be a big factor to get it actually rolled out across the country. And I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, it's a weird phenomenon that people aren't going to be used to for a bit. Like I think mo- like most people aren't going to be comfortable with uh, autonomous driving um, in its early form. I think it will take years for that to become the norm and adapted. People see to be able to adapt to that kind of technology and trust that they're safe. Uh, without seeing a driver behind that wheel. So over time, it could shift over. I mean, Uber has the same pledge that they wanted to get to autonomous fleet. Um, so, I mean, who knows who gets there first or how that works. But I don't see that happening overnight. And I think it's not gonna, it's not going to be an overnight thing where, like, flip the switch one day. It's like, oh, crap, Uber's out of business. Tesla's got this covered. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, to... a long fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that we can see also see coming. the writing on the wall. Exactly. And then, as, and then Uber's also expanding in beyond just uh, Uber and Tesla, actually, are expanding just outside of just that into uh, freight shipping. And, uh, and now Uber has Uber Eats plus Postmates and really expanding into more than just uh, get you to A to B, uh, but also get your packages from A to, A to B or your food to your to delivered or whatever. They have courier service and everything else they're expanding into. So, so last couple of questions on the, on the investing front. Uh, first is I'd love to get a sleeper pick from you on something that's in your portfolio now or, or that you're watching closely that not a lot of people are talking about. Uh, if you have one, I, I certainly wouldn't. Uh, pretty mainstream and, and known stuff, but if you have one. And then second, uh, just to hear any predictions you might have for Bitcoin in the next you know, year, five years, 10 years, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I haven't, honestly, I haven't really been buying much as of late. Um, I've been kind of more precautious about what's going, what the market's going to, how the market's going to head the next coming months. Um, so I haven't been really actively buying outside of like cliche buying like cruise line stocks, like over the last few months. Um, so I haven't really, I don't really have any slippers. I just haven't really been buying. Mm-hmm. Um like the one stock that I always recommend that I always love just in a company that I actually worked with is called Watsco, uh, which is actually exciting. I just noticed they hit their all time high today. Uh, the ticker is WSO. They have really great dividends and it's just a really great uh, company that's, that keeps growing and growing. Um, that uh, is a big player in the heating and cooling space, uh, like air conditioning. Hmm. Um, and what was the second part of the question? Sorry. Uh, well, that was a good sleeper pick for the for, in the first one, uh, but I, I never heard of that company. But uh, worth a look, and I'll probably yeah, stay away. They've, they've I'm, always I'm gone over but... their their dividends uh, go up every quarter, and they've always been consistent. It's a great stock. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where, like you said, you know, you you get it and you work there and and you know it well. And for me, it's just like might be too hard to do that, but uh, certainly worthwhile. Look, and maybe someone yeah, give it a who look. listens to this will uh, end up buying. Uh, and of, and of course, all the disclaimers again. Uh, course, the second course. question was, uh, what do you think for Bitcoin? Any any predictions for the next, you know, near term or long term? Um, honestly, I, I hate speculating on Bitcoin um, myself because. I've done it so many times that I've never been right. So for just saying, just hold, <laughs> it's like, like the only advice I always give. Um, I mean, you see like the like well-known investors say that, you know, Bitcoin's going to hit 200,000 or anything crazy. I don't really do that. I don't like to, uh, I see crazy stories of people mortgaging their homes to buy Bitcoin. And that's just my nightmare scenario, giving that kind of advice. Um, I just, as I said, I'm confident in the technology becoming more, uh, more mainstream. And the ease of purchasing is getting ease, it's getting better and better day in and day out, whether it's the Bitcoin ATMs to the, the Coinbase in the world, making it easier, easy access for everyone to purchase the, the coins that they want to purchase. Um, so I will not speculate a number, but I'll say that I'm, comp- I'm bullish on holding it for a, bit, for a good bit longer as the market, as the crypto market evolves. Yeah, I think uh, hold is, is short and sweet, but pretty good advice. Yeah, ho- hold if you will. Yeah, hold yeah. Um, So we talked enough about investing. I think I, I would like to talk about what you, you know, do best, uh, what you do for your day job with uh, being a self-described DTC nerd, uh, growth <laughs> marketer. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what you do. It looks like it's a lot of social media marketing for uh, direct-to-consumer brands, but I'd love to hear more about it. And uh you know, anything that's, that's interesting that you're working on? Yeah, we, um, so I'm a co-founder. Uh, I, I built a lot of random companies over the years and never really liked my agency experience. Um, and my partner, Michael and I kind of bonded over that when we met how we always really didn't enjoy working with the agencies that we have in the past. So we kind of wanted to reinvent, uh, the agency model and grow a team of entrepreneurs and grow brands the way that we grew our own. So we, we made our kind of as cliche as it sounds like the anti-agency um, of just a team of really smart marketers and founders and growing brands in a strategic way, rather than just spending media dollars, really understanding the business, understanding inventory levels, understanding uh, growth potential and uh, healthy scale and growing businesses from Matt, from advertising management of the advertisement side to help them optimize their website as well. So I work with a lot of really cool brands we see come out. We helped launch like a, uh, Moonpod, for example, which is like a viral beanbag you might have seen on Facebook and Instagram. They helped with their Kickstarter as well as their launch and running all their advertisements. Uh, we work with really cool DSC uh, wearable companies like Pavlock, which you might have seen on Shark Tank, um, which is actually, I think, the only time I've ever seen Kevin O'Leary curse someone off to leave the set, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but uh, it's like a, a bracelet you wear that shocked yourself out of bad habits. Um, so we work with a lot of really interesting companies and it's, a, it's really fun. We get approached by really, really out of the box, crazy ideas every day. And it's exciting to help these brands go from uh, an idea to being a household name. I might have to look into that, uh, shock company mentioned. What, what was the name of it? Pavlock. P-A-P-L-O-K. I got to stop cracking my neck. It's, it's killing my back. If only you had someone to shock you to stop doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's a little bit sadistic maybe, but uh, it could work. It works. It, um, it's interesting. I used it for, uh, for waking up because I'm terrible at waking up in the morning. So a good zap in the morning is a good way to get you out of bed pretty, pretty dang quick. 
um, also for biting my nails. Like it's a, it's a really smart product. Um, and then we have like a new one that's getting a lot of attention online called Levels that we're working with, uh, Levels Health. Um, helps monitor glucose, glucose levels so you can monitor like what foods you're eating actually can affect your glucose level, which can make you like, tired during the day. Um, but it's really fun to see the companies that are, are helping helping grow right now. Is that levels? It sounds familiar. It might be. I heard something like that from Rhonda Patrick. Is that her thing, or that's something else? Maybe. Uh, she might be involved. Uh, involved in it. I'm not sure. Just levelshealth.com. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. I would uh, not be surprised if she was a uh, potentially uh, using it. It's been getting a lot of attention from athletes uh, lately. And on the uh, the waking up front, uh, I have a recommendation. I, I recently put this snippet of a book next to my bed. It's from uh, Marcus Aurelius' book, Meditations. There's a really good quote on, you know, it, it basically just convinces you to get out of bed when you look at it. So uh, maybe I'll send you that after this. Yeah, send it away. Love to see it. Um, so in terms of what you're doing for these companies, you're basically, are you focusing on the actual advertising campaigns or are you also helping craft the brand and all of the marketing messaging and stuff like that? It's all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, it comes that like, comes down to, uh, who we're targeting on advertising, how we're messaging them, optimizing the messaging to make sure it's exactly on point for what the potential end customer wants to see. And also what's resonating most of them for the creative and through the whole uh, set experience like a typical agency what they do is they'll throw ads at you and get you to click to your web to a website but as you know you don't make purchases from an ad you make purchases from the website so we help them optimize their entire website as well so it's the most seamless uh easy buying experience possible so you get the most amount of sales hmm. uh, and so i know i know we're running out of time today um and if you want to go a couple questions longer definitely feel free to let me know but uh what i would like to ask about is your view given working in this space on the recent shift to e-commerce, how it's all kind of happened uh, in the last 10 weeks. And by that, I mean, uh, I saw some stat that it took about 10 years for, and I'm sure you've seen it for e-commerce to grow from uh, five to 16% of us retail sales. And in the past 10 weeks, whenever this chart came out a few weeks ago, it had already grown from 16 to 27. So it's basically 10 years growth in 10 weeks as a result of COVID. And some of that might, backtrack but i imagine a lot of it's here to stay um how is that affecting the businesses you're working with maybe your business as a result of that and just how do you see that affecting the landscape yeah i mean it i think it really just accelerated i don't see it going back i think it just accelerated uh the growth of e-commerce and the ease of it because you have people that you expand the market of e-commerce because effectively you had people a lot of people that never bought online or bought seldom online and, and usually bought in store. So sometimes if you're not familiar with like online experience becomes a much, it's kind of intimidating but when you actually go through a purchase for an online website or like the biggest gainer of during this time, I'm sure is an Amazon, for example, it's just like you see how easy that, that buying experience really is uh, where I anecdotally saw it, like within my family, like my grandmother never shops on Amazon. Um, she, you know, she'll always go to the store and pick up everything herself. Um, but of course, due to shelter in place and COVID and everything, she was forced to use Amazon and she saw how easy it was. And she calls me every few days to tell her all the new stuff she's buying from Amazon and how great it is <laughs> um, and uh, how easy it made her, her life now just to order everything on her iPad. Um, so I don't think it's going away. I think it's just growing. And I think it just accelerated something that was going to happen either way uh, as more people get exposed to uh, have the ease of buying online. 
for us, as like we work with a lot of D2C brands, so we're noticing a big uh, uptick in sales. A lot of our clients have been growing a lot during this time. Uh, obviously, our retail clients uh, had, a, unfortunately, a bit of a pause until things reopen. But all of our online clients, our, tele, our telehealth companies, our D2C brands, they're all really growing very strong right now. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and I definitely understand, you know, a lot of people just are hesitant to try. And once you get them to try, there's no going back. So it's like something that could have taken a lot longer to accelerate and to for people to adapt to just happens overnight and very few go back. Exactly. Uh, so last question, if, if you have time for one more. Sure. Um, I saw that you posted a, uh, a picture of your first business card. I think you were not nine years old, uh, yep. charging $5 an hour for computer lessons and uh, around 50 bucks it looked like for a website, which is a pretty good deal, actually. Uh, I'd say so. So I uh, would love to hear, I often like to ask people what their first thing that they did for money was. I think it shows a lot of, you know, it shows that you're a self-starter, shows a lot of drive. Uh, and I like to hear the stories. So would love to hear the story around how you got started with that. Yeah, for sure. So I, um, yeah, when I was about like eight, eight years old, nine years old, I uh, really wanted to like buy like, I think it was like Pokemon games at the time. Um, that's the example I was used because I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, and my parents were always like, like were telling me to, you know, my dad owned a nursing home. So he told me I can work in a nursing home and get paid minimum wage until I can, you know, afford the game. And I didn't feel like going to work in a nursing home. So I was trying to think, always trying to get different ways to make money when I was you know, even super young. So I was first, my first thing was, you know, going door to door, offering to wash cars for all my neighbors. Um, that was very time consuming. So then I realized I had a bunch of tapes that I wasn't, I wasn't watching. So I tried selling VHS tapes um, to my neighbors and uh, actually got the police called on me because I wasn't allowed to sell, uh, set up a stand in my neighborhood. Um, so I realized can't do this. Um, and at the time, uh, there's a company called Angel Fire, like you build like a website builder, um, if you knew basic HTML. So I taught myself basic HTML by right clicking websites and viewing sources and editing everything line by line to see what everything did. Um, and I used to bug my dad to drive me to Barnes and Noble. Um, so I can go look at the, the coding books there. And I used to take a notepad with me and I'd handwrite all the code in my notebook because the books were super expensive. I couldn't afford them. It was like $3 a book because they're like college level books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to handwrite them. And when I got home, I used to try all the code. And by doing this, I really learned how, you know, HTML worked, some JavaScript, and like some early, early uh, back then code. Um, and I realized all the local businesses um, didn't have websites. And I saw more and more businesses were going online. So I saw an opportunity to do something to make websites for these local businesses while giving me the chance to keep, you know, furthering learning how to code. So I started making websites for all the local businesses. Um, it, it ended up being always like $50 a pop for a website, but I got, I jumped a lot of business by just going like to my dad's friends or going to local businesses and just offering them a new website to go online so they can display in their store. And that's really the first, like I consider real business that I had is just going around and making websites for all the, all the local companies. That's, that's an awesome story. I, I definitely feel a little silly now. It's probably doing lemonade stands and shoveling driveways for my Pokemon cards, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's a better business. It sounds like on your end. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, it's, it was interesting. I definitely really enjoyed it. 
um, it was, it was pretty fun for me. So I never really felt like I was working. That's the goal. Exactly. Uh, so I appreciate all the time today, Troy. Uh, I want to give you the last word, uh, before wrapping this up. So if there's anything else that you want to say or close with, um, some people will be listening. So, uh, you know, again, appreciate the time and I uh, hope to talk again soon. Yeah, definitely. And first of all, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, as I said earlier, like I, for my investing, I mean, take everything I say with a grain of salt, not a professional investor, had no degree in finance. I just uh, know the industry that I'm in and I trust my gut on uh, the sentiment and the sentiment I'm seeing around it um, for the investments I do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if I could ever be helpful to anyone or if anyone needs any advice or anything that I can, uh, can uh, lend my two cents on, always happy to help anyone uh, if you want to reach me on twitter just at yo yo or on instagram just my name at troy t-r-o-y all right we've got the pretty cool handles at yo and at troy uh all right thanks again troy all right thank you for having me